Hello and welcome back to the Comeback Podcast. You're joined by your two favorite Indigenous podcast sisters. I'm Lexi. And I'm Alicia. And on this podcast, we're joined by Indigenous kin from across the nations. Where they share their stories of excellence, resiliency, and overall deadliness. So grab your Pepsi, tea, or your finest tap water. And listen in. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode. I just want to quick take a quick moment and say how proud I am for we are that we are releasing an episode a week later after we released one. If, Come if on, you just, just was, Lexi. Uh, <laughs> if you listen to the last episode, you know that we had a bit of a debate whether we're going to do weekly or bi-weekly episodes. <laughs> so then, yeah. I guess one of us won and the other didn't. <laughs> so I'm pretty happy to be back here um this week having you know another chat with my sister but also we have two amazing guests and very um vital parts of the comeback Super Sunday initiative that we'll get into more later on in this episode uh but first I wanted to kind of just check in with Lexi um how are you doing this week what is new and what have you done for the comeback No, like, okay. like that. No, like, remember when we said we were gonna check in on the comeback? Yeah. Yes. It just sounded like it was like. So, how are you pulling your weight? <laughs> hey, Lexi, my back's hurting because I'm carrying the team. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I am. I'm. <laughs> I'm doing well. Um, I returned back to work this week. Uh, I work at a youth center and we don't have any kids and we pushed off getting an intake for kids for about a month just to let things settle down with um, the holiday exposures. Mm-hmm. So it gives me a lot of time to prepare new curriculum and new stuff. I'm doing a cool little PowerPoint on nutrition right now. Mm-hmm. The, the last group of kids we had ate a lot of burgers and loved Slurpees. <laughs> so I'm trying to move a little away from that. Yeah. So, incorporate some healthy food i mean you eat pretty healthy as is right so mm-hmm. i mean it should be fun and honestly like when you do cook your foods i do appreciate them it's just something that like you have to kind of step out of your comfort zone to be able to mm-hmm. you know prepare and, and shop and really know what you're doing um oh i also i got into swimming yeah that's that's awesome I don't know if people want to know that, but they know now. I bought a little, <laughs> I bought one of those swim caps that goes on my head in the goggles. No, did you? <laughs> should I put them on? No, I won't. <laughs> can Can you at least send me a picture of it after, please? Yeah, I will. And I, I feel real fast. <laughs> Does it really like change the aerodynamics, like in the pool? Like, is it a big okay, difference? Th- not, not the cap, but the goggles do because I was swimming before without goggles and I was keeping my head above water like this. And I was like a, a snow plow moving through the water, <laughs> trudging through my neck. And so the goggles I would recommend to anyone who swims. And okay. I think I'll hire a swimming coach because I don't think people understand how hard swimming is. It's like a physics science of how your body moves. Yeah, it like comes down to science. Yeah, I mean, I didn't realize that they have swimming coaches out there. I mean, there's like swimming classes for kids. I mean, if you want to take Hunter, I think maybe you can get some tips there. <laughs> you don't, people go to the Olympics for swimming. You don't think there's swimming coaches? <laughs> mm, mm. 
you know, it's never something I've really researched, but I'm going to now because I, I want to support you. you. So also, Thank I just want to say, um, you guys, you need to give yourself a round of applause because you started Mastasini with, with your partner and you guys are launching right away. Um, I don't yeah. think we've ever shared it on the comeback, but I really just want to highlight that um, and what you're doing. Thank you. Um, yeah, we pushed that start date back a couple weeks too, just to be extra careful. Um, but today we got, so we had, we got our first grant to get Indigenous kids into the rock climbing gym. Mm-hmm. That's one of my passions. And today we secured another grant to get those kids equipment. So that's so on top exciting. Of like allowing them the space, they also get their own things. So mm-hmm. it's kind of really cool to be able to break down some barriers to Mm -hmm. a sport that i i find is predominantly enjoyed by um settlers male settlers so yeah that is exciting yeah i think it's super important to be able to like offer you know equipment um like possessions and like not i guess Mm -hmm. like but so that the you know the youth who are going to be taking part of that program have the ability to utilize the gym without you guys and to have like almost like that ownership and um Mm -hmm. And it's an investment. We want to be able to show them that they they matter and they deserve these things. So additionally, on top of, you know, learning to swim, how am I pulling my weight apparently at the comeback? I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so a big part of the comeback is our board stuff and our governance model and making sure that we are as transparent as possible as a nonprofit. So I've been working on some of those things, um, looking at the bylaws and policies and being able to set up a, a well-established governance mm-hmm. for our decision-making process this week. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I truly do appreciate like all of the back-end work that you do because I think that's why we work so well together is like you truly <laughs> pull me back to like, you cannot do this and this and this and this. You need to <laughs> sit down and like think about the groundwork. And so, yeah, I just, uh, I appreciate you a lot. Um, and Hi. yeah, what have I done? How have this you week? been? Yeah, how have you been? <laughs> um, I've been good, honestly. You know, I, I think in the last episode, I said I really want to work on being more content this year with myself. And I think like, you know, mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally, Um, And so, you know, I I not necessarily started like a resolution, but, um, you know, just changing an everyday routine. Like I'm already in a solid routine and structure with, you know, me, Hunter and the dogs, but there's always room to grow. And so I've really just been changing it. Like I noticed my body is, you know, um, in a lot of pain because of the accident and I haven't really been, you know, you know, I guess paying attention to that. So you know, this year I'm really, I haven't really been eating out because I've been listening to my body. And, and so I'm really just, you know, slowly and I'm, I'm reading and, and so it's going really well. I mean, we're six days, five days in, right. But, um, so yeah, I'm really just working on being content and, you know, and I think like the more that I'm content, the more that I can do with the comeback, because I feel that if I'm like scrambled personally, then like my businesses are going to suffer. Right. And, and, you know, I also do have a ribbon skirt business. And last year I was never really, um, I guess like super passionate about the business aspect of the ribbon skirts, right? Like it was a very side hustle type thing, but you know, I think I want to focus and, actually create the business structure and the plan and focus on the business aspect of the ribbon skirts this year. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so, yeah, so I've been, I was kind of doing that and I've been working really hard with the comeback as well. Um, I applied for another grant um, to help secure for Super Bowl Sundays for the summertime um, and just looking at um, a lot of like relationships within, you know, on social media, um, connecting. Uh, we actually had a team, like a bakery team message us today and they want to uh, give us some bread. So it's super nice. cool to like maintain those relationships like on social media. I also, I guess, mm-hmm. like tried to delete social media on January 1st. <laughs> and then I like quickly realized that I don't utilize anything else but Instagram because the comeback and then my ribbon skirt page. But then I utilize my personal page as like a way to like push the comeback page. Like, so I need Instagram. <laughs> yeah. So, but other it's than just that, having like different boundaries with it which is incredibly hard because it was designed not to yeah so really just like putting it like at a business forefront and like I am challenging myself to stay off my phone um as much as possible so um you just like utilizing the focus mode and stuff like that so honestly this Mm -hmm. week has been like really 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 good I'm I'm super happy um Hunter is a part of this podcast again this time (laughs) um he, (laughs) he decided he wanted to wake up and um, yeah, he's just kind of crazy. Yeah, he's, you know, uh, he's, a, I mean, he's been a part of the show since he was, you know, born. We launched five days after we ha- I had him. And um, I was so naive thinking like how amazing it was going to be like having my son like a part of the podcast and like naive in the fact that I forgot that these things grow really, really, really fast and touch things and um, really just they explore right and at the time I thought that he was just going to be this cute little thing that I wrapped on me as we recorded (laughs) um and so yeah so now we're kind of just you know we're learning we're adjusting and we're adapting to the situation so if you guys hear Hunter in the podcast I do not apologize he's a part of us so um (laughs) but yeah I guess that's enough of us I really want to focus on our two amazing guests um and they have significant roles within the comeback so Sarah Mercer Brewster is was born and raised in Regina Saskatchewan where she's been serving her community as a registered social worker since 2011 Sarah has worked for government and nonprofit agencies, and Sarah is a mother of two young daughters during and during her spare time she enjoys gardening and embroidery so Sarah Mercer is also a settler woman um, who's currently residing on Treaty 4 territory. Um, and I think it's just really important to acknowledge, you know, the land that they're on. And I appreciate, um, you know, Sarah for doing so. So uh, yeah, the next uh, guest. Yeah, is um, Madison Genoway. She's a, a human that lives on Treaty 4 and is proud to be a part of the Métis Nation. She spends her free time learning through nature, history and other stories. You can catch Madison in the garden and enjoying the little things in life, like walking her pup. She spent the last 11 years working with helping and caring for vulnerable young people. Madison loves growing into anyone's auntie and serving all people she comes across. Peace and love. See you out there. And we will see her soon. See her right now. So welcome, (laughs) ladies. And if you guys want to introduce yourself, um, introduce your guys' self in any which way feels comfortable to you. Um, we are super happy and honored to have you guys with us here. Uh, you want to go first? Uh, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, Sarah Mercer Brewster, <laughs> like Alicia <laughs> said, um, born and raised in Treaty 4 territory, 
currently living in NOD. North of Dudney. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah, that, that, that's a change. Uh, yeah, I grew up in the East End, but now I'm, no, now I'm on the North Side, not too far from Alicia, actually. So, very smart. <laughs> well, I'm Madison Genoway. I also am on Treaty 4 territory. I live in Regina Beach. Um, yeah, I currently am right now cuddled up with my dog. Like, no lie. Like, he will not separate himself <laughs> from me. I tried sitting somewhere else, but he just kept annoying me. So uh, I'm sorry if you happen to hear him as well. What's his name? Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. We love Forrest. We're Aww. happy to have Forrest with us as well. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that movie. What? Oh, you're missing out. Okay. I saw the first 30 minutes, so I'm, I'm halfway there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well. well, it's a long movie, so I, I was like, I think you. it's like over two hours. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I only not ever get there. 40 minutes in. <laughs> You're like, it's fine. I, I just like, I got the, I got the mess or the message, you know, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. She got like run the basics run, of it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> run for we're good. It's like, no, it really changes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think we you should definitely um if you have any spare time I think you should definitely check it out because you know it is really it's like one of those like um feel good movies and will, for I, sure. will I cry probably not but you could oh. like you would know. maybe if you watched it when it was like current like <laughs> 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 like 15 years like, ago yeah like it, there's a lot more like sadder shit out there you know like yeah. now so it's just like oh okay but honestly Lexi just like turn on cable at like noon on a Wednesday and it's probably on TV it's like <laughs> oh it's like a weekly placeholder on some channels who has cable anymore <laughs> okay, like, <laughs> satellite <laughs> I was like what's like the basic like television these days what is this? satellite I just have Netflix but I'm sure it's on there too I bought like wow. a Netflix box or like the Sastel box or something, but it's like preloaded or like, I don't know, you get to like stream cable, but only pay for internet. Best of both worlds. There's too many things out there for me to even like stay up to date <laughs> with. That's why I like obviously just called it like cable. <laughs> Fine. It's on the television. <laughs> Turn it off. She stalls like an antenna for her TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so... <laughs> leave me alone um so yeah I guess like a little bit about I mean you guys shared a little bit about you guys um but kind of like what brought you guys like what like what's your guys involvement with the comeback well suckered in from Sarah so I'll (laughs) let her start (laughs) and that's I was like well so I should start well I guess Back in October, Camp Hope had been established, um, and I just I reached out to Alicia and I was like, "Hey, like I do embroidery. I know that you do ribbon skirt. Like, what if we just try to like raise a little bit of money?" But then, of course, like knowing Alicia, it's like, "Okay, <laughs> well, yeah, that's a cute idea, but like we're gonna go for it." So, within I think it was like a week and a half. Um, along with like other uh, supporters and like the community who got involved, we raised over $3,000. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So we bought like their uh, supply tent and various other needs uh, that the uh, Camp Hope had needed. And then, of course, uh, the 40 bed shelter, emergency shelter had opened up and um, was, you know, City of Regina was involved and Ritzis has kind of taken that over. So um, Alicia and I were talking, OK, we're like, OK, now what? Because obviously we know that we can do things together and do it well in like a short amount of time. And we know that this need is still out there. So like, what do we want to do? And when we started to like, look at a lot of the issues, um, like homelessness, like, you know, the housing crisis, um, mental health addictions, you know, opioid crisis, you know, all of these things, it's like, what are things that we can actually do? Like the two of us, Mm -hmm. um, with support of other people. And, um, it was like food. Like that is something literally like no barriers, no, mm-hmm. no, like there's not a lot of like work around that. Like we can just like feed our people mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. with that idea. And then of course, Madison, she um, also works in, you know, this line of work and has a lot of experience with food. I'm like, okay. Well, and she's my best friend. So I was like, yo, <laughs> you wanna join the girl gang or what? <laughs> yeah, it was a slow, gradual massage into it, I think. That like <laughs> was it though? I thought it went like for the knots real no, quick. And I was like, <laughs> I think you just like you like slowly would throw out these messages, like, you know, people that are out there that could do things should be involved. And then it was just like, how about you? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I I like worked in the kitchen and for a little while. And then I also worked in like catering for a little bit. And then my brother in law like owns a few things that we I would help out like kitchen wise so I I guess I knew the basics that you needed to know for a larger scale of things and Mm -hmm. I also am really good at organizing Mm -hmm. so um, (laughs) and you know on top of organization so uh that like that also kind of helps and stuff but I originally am happy to be involved just because over the last little while I've struggled with where I want to be on the side of history and I think that this is a good way to give back and and kind of like move forward to a larger picture and um if I can help out even a little bit I w- I'm happy to so that's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm yeah I think um for a lot of our listeners actually don't reside in Regina we have people from all across Turtle Island so do you want to give a bit of um, an, an intro into what Camp Hope was and, and how it uh, affected our community? Yeah. Who wants to take that with me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so Camp Hope was established because I would say predominantly the major change in the income assistance program here in Saskatchewan. Um, not to say that we didn't have a major homeless crisis, homelessness crisis before in terms of those without homes, but that was like just the absolute kickoff. Um, so mm-hmm. changes in the income assistance include landlords are not getting um, direct payments now. So landlords are not wanting to rent to people that are requiring income assistance because they're essentially not guaranteed the rent for the month. Um, Mm -hmm. rent here in Regina. I don't know if you look on Carmichael's housing list, there's maybe, maybe a place for $500, Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think maybe. And I think that people are getting just a little over 500 for rent. And then, then there's also like utilities and basic housing. It's like a couple hundred dollars. <clears throat> so kind of twofold, like people are not wanting to rent to people that are on income assistance for prejudice reasons. And now we are seeing a major increase in vacancies in Regina. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing a major issue with those without homes. So um, the needle support team, they got together and they're like, okay, like we need to do something. I think they had some meetings with the city of Regina and they set up camp in Pepsi park and it was all volunteer ran like Mm -hmm. complete volunteer rounds. Like you would go on their Facebook and they're like, you know, out there and it was freezing cold. We actually, we started Super Bowl Sundays. I think it was November 11th. It was remembrance day. And we were, we were, it was so cold out there. Um, Mm -hmm. And now, and I think that they were still out there for, I don't know, a couple more weeks after that. So that has closed down and what's replaced is a 40 bed shelter, but from, you know, information that was put online, Mm -hmm. we know that there's, you know, sometimes well over a hundred people that were utilizing the services of Camp Hope during that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted yeah. to like also add in there that, you know, while we were out there, because, you know, we were able to serve Camp Hope, you know, with a, a meal, soup and bannock. And that's kind of where our idea had started was that we had actually seen so many people utilizing Camp Hope as a place of getting food, like warm food and mm-hmm. taking it home to their families. And so I think after um, we realized that, you know, the city of Regina is doing something, there is a 40 bed shelter but there was over a hundred people in that camp and there was only 40 beds. And so realizing and understanding that food insecurity is a huge problem um, within any, you know, community across Canada. Um, But right now, you know, it was a huge problem in in Regina. And um, yeah, I think like just making that known and like, I was just, you know, talking to Sarah the other day and Maddie and like, there is no face to food insecurity um Mm -hmm. we'll kind of get back like we'll get into that a little bit um a few things like i don't know if a lot of viewers are really aware about food insecurity um you know even i think myself um i never thought i was like i guess you could say like passionate like i guess like lexi i was just like i messaged her and i was like lexi like we're doing the soup bowl program right like so she was Mm kind of like it was one of those things where i was like yes we're doing it and like she was just kind (laughs) of like holy shit okay what are you doing (laughs) and so um but again like I was even you know Lexi and I had this discussion like I never really understood like about food insecurity I was never interest I guess like my interest right and it was never I guess passionate and then realizing like wow like we've like you know we've um had barriers of accessing food when we were children um a lot of Mm -hmm. our family members you know um it was right after one of our cousins had passed away and he had been living on the streets for um you know a while and him and I were close growing up and we were the same age and and it kind of like hit me differently and then realizing that there was something that we could do um at, at a very small level right just feeding food like giving people food every like once a week um, mm-hmm. a very small thing, but something that we could really create that community and, um, really make a change in the lives of, you know, the people downtown. And so I guess like some of the facts about in food insecurity, um, I think, um, after like initial hesitancy with, um, 
you being a very much so yes person and me being like a more thought out person it's always good to have Alicia on the team because she she dreams really big and I think that's needed to get things done um, but it is ultimately it's a multifaceted problem that needs a lot of different solutions and if we can be a part of some I'm like very proud to see how it's grown in the last couple of weeks Mm -hmm. and like this program wouldn't have been possible without Sarah and Maddie because you know Mm -hmm. each of us carry such a different um, we each bring something different right We, we are each gifted with a set of skills and um, you know, Madison, she is super organized and, you know, she makes the meal plans like down to a T. Sarah connects with all of the volunteers and organizes everything. And, and you know, like we wouldn't be able to offer this program to the people um, without you girls. And so we're just really, really happy to have you. Um, also, like I wanted to say, you know, also like, you know, we have this idea with the comeback about creating community and these connections and um being indigenous like a meal going to your cookum or your auntie's house like a meal was one of those things that where you really connected and so I think it really goes down on a deeper level than just food Mm -hmm. like it it is creating that community and a lot of the people that we are serving downtown like you know they bring their families now like they you know one week it's them the next week it's their families Mm -hmm. and then you know they talk about like we ask them how their weeks have been and you know, they, they wait at the library for us. And so like really building these like relationships with our, you know, indigenous kin is super important to us. And so this program is a lot more than just serving food once a week. It's, you know, it's building that community. It's building that community through using food. Like from day one, you said like, we are making food that my people ate and continue to eat. And like, we're not making like, you know, these fancy quinoa salads. <laughs> like we are making beautiful soups and mm-hmm. we're making bannock every mm-hmm. single week. And it's been two months now. And we have like a little bit of things here and there. But, mm-hmm. you know, as a as a white woman, I have never been surrounded with by indigenous women being willing to teach me like I'm going to teach you how to make bannock. And I've been taught, you know, three different ways by three different women and what an honor for that is for me to be able to have that experience as well mm-hmm. yeah honestly it's so fun and like like even <laughs> us like we're learning as we go too because like we also too like I guess for the listeners is like we are serving at least like we're making a, over 150 to 200 pieces of bannock we're making you know on a weekly basis so we've never made this in this quantity. So like yeah. we're learning as we go because like the quantity. Okay. And at first we thought it like we, we like it just wouldn't turn out because like Sarah was doing it and it just had like <laughs> the, the white hand touch. <laughs> so, the, white, the bad white, bad white bad hand right energy. <laughs> Listen, I, I mean, you might not have been wrong that first batch <laughs> no because I'm pretty sure Alicia was like calling on like the bannock god she was like okay oh, yeah. like, how do we do this here <laughs> yeah but and we started like, bam bam <laughs> we started literally in my kitchen and yeah. and in my garage frying up the bannock <laughs> to next step is like now we're in a church and the next step is like in the food food bank bank. and we have Mm -hmm. an excellent partnership with the food bank Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and the different community fridges here in regina it you know and how much it's changed and grown within these past two months 
Yeah, and it's great having Brianna from the Cathedral yeah. Fridge helping out. And, like, she is very knowledgeable with these type of things. So having her mm-hmm. in our close vicinity to help out and hook us up with that venue was huge. Yeah. That was, yeah. like, game changer. It is. Like, it is insane. So shout out. Shout out to Brianna <laughs> Com- Cathedral <laughs> Community Fridge. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Oh. It's like it's so short. <laughs> it's, I'm learning the sound effects of the roadcaster right now. So we feel like, sound yeah. like a 1985 sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm getting better. You can actually interchange those so I can like preload them with what we want. So um but yeah, like honestly, like really reflecting and like thinking like over the last two months of like this program and the community connections that we've raised because you know as Sarah had spoken in the beginning how she kind of got involved was through the fundraiser like we'd you know raise money for Camp Hope but a lot of those relationships that Sarah had you know reached out to those are the same people that are still supporting us now today and so you know Mm -hmm. it just goes to show um that we are better together um, really going back to like that community, that kinship um, relationships with everyone um, and how vital they are to really creating change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even with our partnership with the downtown support team, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, one of them, one of the members is uh, the team is a childhood friend of mine. You know, we mm-hmm. are friends since small children and then reconnected back into this world. And another one, uh, the team lead, we work together with Alicia. Yeah. So it is a lot of strong femmes that are part of this mission. Well, and then like, yeah. Yeah. I was even going to say like, um, you know, so this, this Sunday, so we have opportunities for volunteers to come out um, and volunteer with us. And so um, Sarah, one of your friends, Aaron and his sister, like we, and like we went to elementary school together like yeah yeah like how small of a world is that and like you know Mm -hmm. people from high school too um have like reached out and they want to come and volunteer with us and so um yeah it's just it's amazing to see like what we've done in such like a short amount of time um you know Mm -hmm. regarding this and and just yeah like it's been amazing and like I just appreciate you guys like there is not really many words to say other than like I appreciate you guys to like a core yeah it's um, been fun too and I think that like it's it's humbling and I think that like even telling people what we're doing just like through family friends and everything I think to them it's like oh fuck there's like a lot of little things <laughs> I can do mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. to help out um, a little bit and so I think even just having more conversations along this along the lines of what's happening in our community it's really Absolutely. good. Absolutely. Aaron, the the person that you had mentioned earlier that had come out to volunteer, you know, he was having conversations about this with his mom and a couple of friends that are living in Vancouver. And just by having these conversations, they were able to raise, I don't know what, I think it was like 700 six, yeah, six or seven compostable, hundred. compostable bowls, just yeah. like come mm-hmm. through within like, I don't know, a week and it wasn't even like a week yeah like it was like he had dropped off like 200 and then it was like two days later dropped off like 400 or something like yeah it was insane Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when we're talking about money and food security, Mm -hmm. we're, we're not just thinking about that. We're also thinking about like, how are we delivering this to the people that we're serving? And that's like another cost that we hadn't anticipated when we first (laughs) started this, you know, we were like, okay, let's, we Let's can make serve food. Soup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like okay. So we open actually, your hands. Here comes the soup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we need to do some more planning, and I think that's when Maddie uh, really talked about the compostable bowls and mm-hmm. and our commitment to you know preserving, yeah. not harming our earth, and mm-hmm. and we've been committed to that since day one, and yeah, just through conversations, like within a week or two, you know, going back to community, having these conversations, like community support has been so incredible Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like i guess just for a quick moment like if you guys if you know some of our listeners are unaware so like we were kind of pricing out the styrofoam to you know the compostable bowls and it's a bit of a difference but it it takes Uh, like five 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 weeks difference (laughs) okay so 500 years to break down styrofoam in the landfill that is one single styrofoam bowl takes 500 years and so a compostable bowl takes 45 days up to 45 days and so the Mm -hmm. cost was a lot but also like violence to the environment is also a part of the reasons for a lot of these um you know bigger issues Mm -hmm. and so that was like one thing i was like i I don't know if I can get down with like, if we're doing that, like, I don't Mm -hmm. think that's like what I, what I would want to intend to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm glad that there was so many people willing to donate. Like that was, that's unreal. Speaking of, I do have a box of um, containers in (laughs) my basement. Don't forget. I just brought it in from our rental car. So this is like literally (laughs) our our daily conversation it's like who has the coolers yeah. <laughs> who who has the soup ladles who has the tables <laughs> yeah like yeah we... i got the tables in the back of my truck so i guess all, like... all this coordinating <laughs> so i guess like speaking... so... oh sorry oh so, sorry um i just wanted to so alicia you mentioned earlier that uh, food insecurity is a faceless problem mm-hmm. and maybe if we could touch on we just glossed over it quickly and I kind of want to dive deep into yeah. that a little bit more so so um I'm gonna put myself on mute is this um things shared with you can mm-hmm. you see the screen absolutely yeah okay um yeah Lexi can you actually do that um sorry Hunter's just kind of uh I'm gonna put myself on mute he, he needs another episode of uh shark dog so, I'll, yeah, go for it if you want. I'll to uh, talking to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll uh, I'll just share a personal story. So, um, what really like kicked this over for me was um, my mom. She had passed away April of 2021, and as Alicia's met my mom, Maddie's met my mom. Mm-hmm. You know, she was a boss. So. Um, when she was 16, um, circumstances had led that she didn't feel she could stay in her family home and in Saskatchewan. And she left with a friend to Calgary when she was 16 years old and was there for about six months. So, you know, my mom coming from the prairies, 16 years old, like ending up into Calgary, like she had no idea what she was doing. 
Mm-hmm. And she was in situations where, of course, like I know food security was an issue along with other things that were happening. So when we talk about food security issues, like everybody has a story that they know somebody um, that it's experienced or they've had that experience happen to them. And it's not only just like impacts people on like a daily life in terms of like, Oh, I haven't had a meal, but that's now like, you know, we're talking children, children Mm -hmm. who are supposed to go to school and they're supposed to listen to the teacher and they're supposed to pay attention and, and they have nothing in their bellies right now. Like, I don't know what the percentage is, but the percentage of children who have access food related services, as well as our own, like we've mm-hmm. seen, we've, we've seen children come out by themselves with their families. Mm-hmm. And it definitely is like a thing where it's like, even you saying that being like, we all have a story. It's, it, it makes me like me reflect on like some of my childhood and going to my father's and being like, Oh, can I have this yogurt in the fridge? And him being like, Oh, that's like the last yogurt we have. And we don't have money for groceries and being like, but those also aren't problems or struggles that eat, like people are proud to share Mm -hmm. or like Mm -hmm. it's a very hard thing to ask help around and so I think it's like we even see like people walk by and be like hey man do you want do you just want like some food like we we got a meal and like even if you're not hungry grab some food like Mm -hmm. it takes away a lot of the stigma and I think it's Mm -hmm. it's such a good thing we do that all the time as we're like set up at our booth and people are like, what are you guys doing? Cause we have no signs. We're just like with our yeah. soup pot. We're like, and, and with our burner, it's like, it's hot. People walk by and we're like, Hey, like we got hot chocolate, we got soup. But then, you know, the conversation gets going. And a lot of times people will stand and have a meal with us, you know, mm-hmm. off to the side. It's, it's just like opening up the doors of communication being like, yo, we want to feed you. Yeah. And, they, and like the you clothing know? donations that we've got, like, I can't yeah. believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, like the people that were coming and having like hand injuries or like mm-hmm. the first day that we did it, like it was, I think our biggest first snowfall that we had. Yeah. And they were not supposed to move for another four to like five days. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. it was like a Thursday and from yeah. Camp Hope, they were still yeah. not moved over. Yeah. And there was people like showing up with sandals and yeah. had no, like not even really like proper socks. And so, I mean, I went a few days later and just like handed out like as many socks and as many socks or, and men, as many mitts as possible. And they like, it's honestly like, even five goes a long way so it's like it's mm-hmm. yeah like people were putting like this socks on their hands just to keep their hands protected so so why mm-hmm. maddie's talking about the clothes is because we literally roll with it every <laughs> single week and when we notice like okay like people are, are also not clothed like that is also something that we yeah. can do and maddie did it so quickly within like a couple days like getting mittens out to people that we have a volunteer named Courtney and she right away, she picked up on it. Um, she applied for a grant. So we have mids and tubes and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. one of my friends from, uh, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to name the business, but <laughs> she, uh, she's got clothing donations. So every week when we go out to serve, we also have clothing out for people and we just like have it spread out and they can shop and they can pick up exactly what they mm-hmm. want. And, and, you know, take what you need. 
you need, yeah. you know, some five scarves, take those five scarves and, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. we're going to have more to replace it. So we just dignity a lot of times, like we just want to give people dignity too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, not really like drawing attention to it. Like, no, you know, just having that availability and like Lexi said like reducing that stigma right because it is really hard for people to ask for help and Mm -hmm. um I think like providing that space where it's just you know there and that's just that like we don't Mm -hmm. expect anything from anybody and and to be able to offer that and and I think like so um I think like evolving through the soup as well like what we're learning as we go um a lot of like you know it's cold it's harsh outside right now and we had to, you know, adapt to our changes in our seasons. And so now we're pre-packaging all of the meals and keeping them in coolers because we're finding that um, we ca- like we're expecting people to put their cold hands out open for food. And so mm-hmm. like, you know, adapting, mm-hmm. adapting to like the weather and, you know, learning as we grow too has been, um, you know, we're just learning and we're kind of figuring it out. Mm-hmm. I think um, I don't have any of you ladies read Clearing the Plains. <laughs> no okay well I'll go on a, a, a quick little tangent because I think it's like very relatable I just finished the book last week and it's about because I was thinking about food insecurity and I just read this book and it's very historically dense with um the how the indigenous population has been essentially decimated on the plains um since colonization and so it starts out talking about um how our food system was uh, primarily buffalo and how through fur trade and the demands for um, fur in Europe um, essentially caused the buffalo to go extinct in turn making us very, very reliant and needed for the government that was like coming in. And then it goes into depth about like this, the, the Indian Act and the starvation policies that were set out in Canadian law and like Canadian history. And it talks about how Johnny McDonald essentially starved um, a lot of different communities and any community that he could into signing treaties. Mm-hmm. And so that's like the foundation of Canada and the foundation of the land we're on. And we, we said earlier that we're on treaty for land, but I think it's like also good to acknowledge that a part of that history is being like, we're on treaty for land and the treaties got signed because we were starving and our leaders recognized that we weren't going to make it unless there was a way that we could like come together. Mm-hmm. And so I think food insecurity goes, goes, is like deeply rooted in history and rooted in Canadian policy. And mm-hmm. I think it's a good thing to acknowledge that as well. Mm-hmm. I really um, appreciate you, you know, sharing that. And also too, um, I don't know if a lot of people are aware that, you know, we're located in Regina and the term actually used to be called pile of bones because the government came and slaughtered all of the buffalo so emotional <laughs> but literally there's like these pictures of you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of buffalo mm. and just that were killed. primarily yeah primarily used for their hides and their meat would go to waste <laughs> yeah like and there's this one picture in history if you look it up is re- the pile of bones but um and it's like the government agency and the government the indian agents standing on top of all of these mm-hmm. buffalo and they literally killed um all of the buffalo for like the food sources so yeah, yeah, I think it's really important to like go back and I don't know why I'm crying. If I, if I, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I so I, I've got some in my eyes too. Like I yeah. think like really like making that connection of like how deeply rooted like food insecurity has been for Indigenous people 
Mm-hmm. Um, it goes way back to our traditional food systems. And I think if you really try to connect it, it's like us doing soup bowl Sunday isn't just providing food. It's us taking back our our own way of providing for our families and providing for our communities and doing what we can. And so I think it it's much deeper than just handing out soup. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy that like soup can bring us together <laughs> and like, you know, even to have these conversations and, and those things. Um, so did we share the facts? No, if you want to oh, okay. lay down some knowledge. Yeah. So I think it's a good, um, so I guess like in 2017 to 2018, there's a study that was done. Um, and so I'm assuming that the numbers are just higher. So take that into consideration. It is 2022. Um, COVID these, times. COVID times as well. Mm-hmm. These are coming out of the University of Toronto. And so one in eight households in Canada was food insecure, amounting to 4.4 million people, including more than 1.2 million children living in food insecure households. That is a lot of people. That is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, 1.2 million. Like that's more than our entire province. Children. Like 1.2 yeah, million wow. children. children. That's more than our entire province population, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like we, we're a million people, I think, under a million people in Saskatchewan. And so 1.2 no, no, million just, yeah. children are, you know, living. Um, and then it trickles down and, you know, 33% of Aboriginal households were food insecure as compared to the 9% of non-Aboriginal households. And, I don't know for sure, but I think Aboriginal people only make up like 10% of the population of all of Canada. I think it's 14%. of all of Canada, but it's 39% of like, right? So, you know, the numbers are insane. Um, The prevalence of household food insecurity differs markedly by Indigenous status and racial cultural groups. So the two highest rates of food insecurity um, of... I guess households were identified as indigenous and black. Um, and the rising cost of food inflation and hunger is visible, is invisible in our society. And so again, like when we were kind of talking, like it's so faceless because, you know, when I was doing that drop off at the community fridge and seeing so many people, like I've never really put myself, like I've never utilized, you know, a fridge. And so I've never really actually been there when anything is being utilized. And so, I just kind of stood there and thought like, wow, like the, like there is no face to a lot of these issues. Like you, there's no one person to be using it or there's no one mm-hmm. way, like it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And like food insecurity is huge. And so, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just so shocked by all of like how deep it is actually goes. Um, if you just put your like, you know, mind into learning about it. Mm-hmm. And I think if we look at it from like a policy perspective, because we, I believe like, I would like to believe that change comes from like a top down and bottom up approach. It needs like a hybrid of both um, approaches to really see something happen. And so right now we are a grassroots moving movement completely run by volunteers. But if we're looked to like fr- trying to look at it from a policy perspective, it's like we see that off reserve Aboriginal households um, in Canada. Um, are disproportionately affected. And so I think when if the Canadian government or people are trying to um, come after it, they need to be able to like give special attention to these households. And that needs to be reflected in, in different initiatives that come across. Mm-hmm. I think uh, so, we can even just speak to that. And I mean, we use 
the flash food app in order to save money in order to do this initiative. But, you know, Alicia and I both have vehicles and all of the neighborhoods that have the flash food app. I'm not, I'm not going to say, or, you know, they could, they could be utilized in different areas, yeah. you know? So mm-hmm. like to always have them in like, you know, North end Regina or East end Regina, where, you know, there's five other grocery stores that are also there, mm-hmm. you know, you know, like certain said, areas that we serve, like grocery stores are not accessible. No, unless you're taking well, a bus and I'm like, well. hello, it is like minus what 50 something yeah. right mm-hmm. now. And I think about, um, you know, like the other night, like, and I, I've really been reflecting about like how privileged I am to be able to like I didn't have milk for Hunter because I forgot to go to the store because Mm -hmm. it's minus 50 outside but I have a vehicle but there's so many people that don't have access to those vehicles like you said to access to the family supports to be able to run out or maybe rely on somebody else if your children are hungry and like you need to feed them and say that that community fridge is 10 blocks away how are you going to get there in minus 50 right like there is it's so like there's so many barriers that also come with food insecurity and poverty within our country. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what's the irony of seeing the person that with the sign that they're starving outside of the grocery store, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like also too, let's just quickly talk about how much food is thrown away from their local grocery stores. And, mm. you know, like we've been very lucky and we've been very, you know, to be able to, be doing this and with the support that we have but like these big corporation grocery stores they're saying no they're not donating their food they're you know that food that you could be intercepting because of mm-hmm. they don't they need to make money like you're it's going in the landfill right like you know and, and so mm-hmm. it's just we have a few connections but it has to be so hush hush yeah. because of the because of the the policies and the barriers mm. and the mm-hmm. red tape around like feeding people like we're talking <laughs> pallets of food it's being pallets thrown of food. out it's like no we can't do that so we we thank the supporters <laughs> out there but we can't even say who it is yeah we can't i was yeah. just about to say like we can't even say but like just know that there are some people working in silence behind closed doors getting that food and intercepting and and we see you. We do see you, you and we appreciate you. <laughs> but it's insane that, again, like it comes down to this policy um, keeping, you know, keeping us in, you know, bad mm-hmm. situations and I guess at the bottom. I would like to see, I feel like New York City and some other places in the States have done it where they um, have restaurants sign on to donate all of their excess food waste to, into like initiatives like this. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've worked in restaurants before and I feel like I've ever like anytime I'm like this is a lot of food we're throwing out you always get the like we can't give it away due to like laws or like yeah. safe food handling etc cetera, etc cetera. but it sounds like these conversations are starting to happen we you know we had mm-hmm. Alicia said we had a, a bakery reach out to us that these conversations are starting to happen I mean we don't know who these people are but you know through the comeback society and the work that you and we've all been doing like people are thinking mm-hmm. like we have mm-hmm. this product and we need to get it off the shelf and into people's hands and bellies mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> ultimately this is like a call out if you're listening and you feel either moved by this or you feel some type of way by this know that you can be with madison on the right side of history mm-hmm. um 
you should and, feel some type and, of way about hearing this. <laughs> and I think if you don't, <laughs> if you don't, then you know what? Connect with us anyway. <laughs> yeah, also, we will talk to you. Also, for our Kind listeners, Sarah um, will talk to you. Kindly, respect. Sarah will Sarah will DM you privately after. But um, <laughs> so I was just gonna say, like again, a lot of our listeners are from across Turtle Island. So I guess I want to challenge our listeners to. <laughs> do your research and look in your own community fridges see if mm-hmm. there's community fridges see if there's some sort of initiatives out there in your um community i mean our fridges have social media and that's kind of um so i mean i would just look at there look at there i mean if not and if you yeah. want some help and if you want to create a soup initiative in your program i mean in your program in your community reach out to us and we can give you the basic outlines of how we have done it because we would like to see this program across <laughs> sorry <laughs> barley do you hear barley in the background he's like Wah. no I thought it was your son. I did too for a second. No, Hunter's Hunter's literally being content, and that is Barley on the right side of me, and he's like, "You were like, you were like swatting Barley away, and we Loki thought you were swatting Hunter away like that." No, Hunter is like Hunter is content watching Shadow right now. Alicia's got the blur screen on. She can't <laughs> see what's happening behind her. <laughs> wow. It was it was I was just like <laughs> all of us we just got quiet. <laughs> we don't promote child violence at the Comeback Society. Disclaimer, we don't. <sighs> or dog violence. <laughs> or dog Okay, but but now knowing it was a dog, it's a different it like was, yes. It was right? a shoe. There was no contact. It was there. A shoe. Was yeah. Like it was like. Shoe, right? like but if it was like, a child, like, you'd be like. <laughs> like okay, Hunter's in the living room, like snuggled uh. up, and then Barley's laying there, like looking at me, like he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like staring at me with his big eyes, knowing I'm recording. <laughs> And it's been so cold that we like I haven't been able to take Forrest unless he has like wears his booties and then I they know. like fall off halfway through. And like, like and these temperatures are gonna continue to like get colder. And mm-hmm. like just think about it, we just went through the winter solstice. Like we this is just the beginning of winter. Yeah. I unpopular yeah. opinion, I love it. I do need to buy little booties for my dog because she she will go full tilt outside anyways, but mm-hmm. like she, it's kind of painful to watch chicken. her shiver. <laughs> she oh. a freezing chicken. <laughs> yeah. But you got like, you have like eight different layers of wool on you. You can stay toasty out there. That's true. So That's if true. you want to donate wool mitts to the Comeback Society. I was going to say, I'm like, please. this is like a really good plug for like, it's cold as fuck out there. Yes. Please. 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 Yeah. Minus 52. But- yeah. And like, there's nothing yeah. that we can do, right? Like, we just give the mitts and the toques, and that's it. Like, and I want people to know in the different regions that are like minus four, it's so cold, and the city shuts down. No, minus fifty two, nothing shuts down. The only thing that shuts down is our car batteries, and we're still <laughs> expected to go to work. So, <laughs> yes, yeah. it is we're like. Good. 
It is crazy. I know um, a friend of mine. She's a teacher on in the on uh, on a reserve here, and it's like minus forty six, and that's when they shut down the schools. But mind you, that's mm -hmm. on the reserve school. That's not mm -hmm. in the community. Yeah. Well, yeah. And yeah. So. so we want to do one last little um little round table question here. I kind of want to know what everyone's biggest takeaway from Super Sunday has been whether it's like a memory or a thought or an overall feeling. I think that's a loaded question. Give me like five <laughs> seconds. I know <laughs> both, both me and Maddie just like zoned <laughs> off into space. We're like, where do we go with this? <laughs> which, which layer? Which layer? <laughs> exactly. Onion. So I guess I will start. Like, honestly, I think my biggest takeaway is, um, you know, knowing like I founded the Comeback Society, you know, in 2018 as a written story you know, community support thing, right? As like a social project, not thinking that like, you know, in three years later, like it's going to become an actual, you know, organization and, you know, supporting programs and, and um, you know, all based on volunteers. And so I think my biggest takeaway is realizing that, you know, no matter who you are or where you come from, you're capable of creating something you know, bigger than yourself for a main, you know, for a different purpose and for a different cause. And, um, you know, realizing that, you know, no goal is not achievable. And, you know, it, it took some time and, you know what, Google's at our fingertips. And so if you guys are like wanting to try to learn something or, you know, start something to, to just go with it, because that's, you know, the basis of the comeback. And I think that's my biggest mm -hmm. takeaway of, you know, the Super Bowl Sunday on a personal level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It takes time and it takes the people. Mm -hmm. I think my biggest takeaway, especially because like, like I said, like I've worked in government, I've worked in nonprofit and, and so many times people say it's like, it takes, you know, it takes time. It takes money. It takes, you know, you know, mm -hmm. I would try to get things approved. It takes five people signatures. It takes five meetings. It takes, you mm -hmm. know, all these different steps it, just to get one thing done. And, and, it really doesn't have to be that way for, mm -hmm. for a lot of things. It's just how easy a few conversations and a few like-minded people coming together and being like, this is our mission. This is what we want to do. Like, let's do it. Let's grow. Let's adapt. And like, let's make our mistakes and like adapt each week. But like, let's make those changes as we are serving our community. And like, let's mm -hmm. not take five months of planning to do it. And, and, you know, we've been able to safely feed a lot of people. I think Alicia had figured out over 1500 meals um, over the past mm -hmm. two months. And, you know, all of us have full-time jobs. We've got family. So like, so we're, like Alicia said, we're doing this on our volunteer time, but like, if you get together with like-minded people and you want to do something, you can do it quickly mm -hmm. and passionately mm -hmm. and just, you know, safely yeah mm -hmm. I guess that's it super cool yeah I love that I feel like oftentimes you're like waiting around to get like a line approved in the fiscal budget and it yeah. is supposed to show that it doesn't have to be that way mm -hmm. no no 
No. And it's not like we were talking, we're like, we need to start doing our like gathering stats because like, we haven't thought that way because we haven't had to like prove that we can do what we are doing accomplish. Right. Like we Mm -hmm. know what we're doing and sitting down and like reflecting. I was like, Oh yeah. Like maybe that would be a good thing. It's not just about (laughs) like, like getting the bulls into people's hands. Uh No, we also need to like get funding. Right. I mean, this is like do the maths too. (laughs) The the quick maths. The maths. (laughs) Maddie. Oh yeah. What am I taking away? Jeez. Uh, Okay. Well, First you, had your, off, you had your five minutes, so yeah, I did, <laughs> I did, and I collected it all. But um, yeah. well, my first takeaway was going to be the same thing as like Sarah ended hers on is like seeing how how hard it is to like all these loot hoops and like jumps you got to take to be able to make any type of movement to like change this. Where that's why I love that. She's like, let's just go balls out and like two feet in, like let's just fucking do this and one week <laughs> at a time, and whatever happens, like if, like, it happens, yeah, like, yeah, it happens, but um, it has to. But um, that was my first. That was one of them. So let me just. But anyway, I well, I was going to say that I think that I've always well, not always, but um recently I like came into contact with this elder that like told me just to like pay attention to myself and my surroundings and something like will approach me that I'll be able to like lend more of a hand and helping hand and I think that even like my knowledge of uh like when I was at Camp Hope the first time and like the like my knowledge of like what living in survival mode and living in your like your brainstem like that where that all sits and how how hard that is for someone and how like like living in survival mode just for food let alone all the other trauma mm-hmm. that has come through his like their life and um i think that like then that resonated with like the people that i work with i i hope that you know, it's not my responsibility for them to like have a good life, but it definitely, I feel a responsibility for them to like be equipped with like as much things as possible. So they don't end up in this situation. And even like when I, when I showed them camp hope and, and like trying to do something with them alongside with camp hope, but, and then them seeing that like, shit I can be in that situation so like I want to make sure that I'm learning and and like and also like from myself it's like I needed to see it like I just I needed to see everything like I needed to see as having a father like that is a settler here like I need and growing up like as a white woman but having history as a Métis woman like I think mm-hmm. that like it was important for me to um serve the people that I possibly be- like I belong to and mm-hmm. that was like yeah those are a few of my layers I guess and I think that also with COVID I know like a lot of the volunteers it was nice to see like being a part of something again and just like 
making that first step after COVID and like reconnecting with people and with a common cause. Mm-hmm. It's been like a very beautiful thing to see into fruition. And I think like, yeah, it is, it, it's, it's been a while two months, but it, it has really grown. And I feel like my biggest takeaway is like something I said earlier in the sense of like, it goes way beyond soup. It like, mm-hmm. And I, I don't think I, when Alicia first approached me, I'm like, that's like good. I think um, there was a different organization doing the same thing like years prior. And so I'm like, that's a good thing. It's being addressed. And like, there is no um, food opportunities on the weekend. Like a lot of the, the people feeding the people happen Monday to Friday. So I think it is like a good thing, but I've, I've seen throughout the weeks and being there, um, that it, it goes way beyond just serving soup and bannock and it's a it's a whole sense of community and being able to adapt to the different things that we we can address and we can be a part of and it's been it's been a very beautiful thing to see how the the hard work of you guys have really um come together yeah I think the the only food programs on the weekends are other volunteer groups like us mm-hmm. you know it's it's easy to easy quote unquote secure food on a nine to five organization that has funding, has paid people, but you know, people also need to eat on the weekend. So (laughs) and that's a harder thing to do. And even the places that have shut down just because of COVID, like that's there was there's a been a lot. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of like funding was cut over COVID as well. And so there is that. And, and like, I wanted to share, um, one of the, like, you know, one of the things it was like the first time we ever went downtown to serve soup, it was honestly by like a whim that the library is like used mm-hmm. as a warming station and that it was, um, the library was closed at 5 p.m. and we just happened to be there. No one had looked in at the times. It was Sunday. I didn't even really realize the library was open. I don't know why we chose Sunday. Like, you know, and, and to really like think about that and reflect on that over the last, you know, two months, like we're meant to be out there because like, how is that? That wouldn't, the way that this has all kind of came together, there's reasons for it. There's reasons why that library closes at five. There's reasons why we were there. And so I think, you know, there's reasons why we've reconnected or even just stayed connected over the years, right? And so I think, you know, I'm a very, I try to be just like everything happens for a reason and, mm-hmm. and to trust mm-hmm. that process and to trust mm-hmm. and, you know, to honor um, ourselves and in, in the way that we're walking. And, and I think, you know, this is just a testament to, um, you know, we're meant to be there and this is exact, it's working out exactly the way that it's meant to work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, this, uh, I just want to really say thank you again from the bottom of my heart. Um, this relationship is so amazing to have and, you know, we're in contact, I think, <laughs> ridiculous amounts during the day and <laughs> during the week um and so yeah we I think I, I thought I think I talked to you girls more than you know I talked to anybody else and um, <laughs> I think if we leave like our phones okay. like un- unattended for like two hours it's like missed messages 48 sometimes I'm like I can't right now I just can't I can't spend I'll three see. minutes three yeah. minutes been screening us that's good to know good no to that's know. why i just good i send know. memes back i send yeah. memes back so no is, i take uh, it all in but there's a lot of things that i'm like 
that's not my jersey. That's not like I know that stuff. I'm it's good for me to know, but like, and I'll give you, I'll, I'll say my opinion, but I'm like, that's you guys. You, yeah, you guys. it's not your, it's not your jurisdiction. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna use that word, but I was like, that's a little. <laughs> So I use like lying, you know, like that. She not- makes the cooking schedule. <laughs> yeah. That's her yeah. She's, like, like, She's like, I talk about bowls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, what, what like chop size I would like. <laughs> how, how thinly sliced those onions were. <laughs> Cubed. <laughs> um, um, but it's been fun. On a, yeah. On a last note, is there any final words you'd like to, or, or, our listeners to hear i was like our hearers to listen no is there any final words you like to listen to hear um i think just collectively like understanding that how easy to put something like this together is if you have the right connections and uh if you know all the comeback societies handles get into touch with the comeback society and i think we're all down to chat and hopefully see if this can grow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boom. Boom, baby. It's literally that easy. Yeah. <laughs> Get out there in your own communities. See what you can do within your communities. Even if it's just mittens, go drop it off to whoever you see. Mm-hmm. Easy mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that. Well, again, thank you guys so much. And I just want to say thank you to our viewers as well for tuning in and listening to this episode. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. And I just wanted to add in quickly here. I'm just wondering if you guys can maybe go hit that like and subscribe button. <laughs> Anyways, toodaloo. On your right. <laughs> Moist ass. Oh, wait. <laughs> you don't need a laugh track. Okay, bye. <laughs>